have this thing called a woman's group. Yep. And they eat very well, I hear. It's like a gourmet feast. Yeah. It's Andy's feast, of course. Yeah, of course. And that is from 5.15 till 6.30? 7. Oh. They don't stop until they get through the verses. Thursday nights, we have Professor Carter, a materialist of theology that teaches the Thursday night Bible study from 5.30 to 6.30. So you guys are more than welcome to partake of that and grow in your understanding of the word. Don't forget to tell them about the picnic coming up soon. Uh, well, we're going to be having a picnic. I don't, I don't think we have July a date 16th. set. I guess it's July 16th, and Dr. Carter can give you all the information on that. Okay. When After we're done the taping and everything. While we're doing this, please observe the title that you see on the screen. That's our topic for this morning. Can I get an amen? amen. I got a, one or two preliminary marks. I hope I can contain myself. This morning, the control panel and I went over what we'd like to talk about this morning. Flop, a flash drive and everything. We couldn't find it anywhere, and we didn't find it. But I want to tell you something. No weapon formed against you and me can prosper if God is behind us. Can I get a witness? What did you do, Brother Bruce? I had another flash drive which assimilated the same thing with a few different Ammunitions, ad munitions, and that's what I'm going to perpetrate this morning. I'm going to say this, not just for me. Where a man falls and fails, if you're a Christian and God's behind you, and He should be, I'm going to say it again no weapon in heaven. And earth, the devil and all his cohorts, they can't prosper if you're in the will of God. Can I get an amen? amen. That's enough said about that. You can see the screen starts with what I hope to talk about this morning. How do we grow in our relationship with Christ? Now, last week we talked about just knowing Christ. And if you think that I'm going to skip over that, that is part of our message. As you will see as we go along, I'm going to say it again. Last week when I was up here, I talked about not growing in Christ and our relationship with him as, as such but do you know him? And that's the question I'm going to ask you again this morning. So follow along. I have it again. Don't change it. How do we grow in our relationship with him? Thirty-five. Once we trusted Christ as our Savior... 
How do we grow in our relationship with him? Jesus is called the good shepherd because he leads and watches over those who follow him. My sheep listen to my voice, or as the King James, King James says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. But how do we hear the shepherd? Our sensibility to his voice depends on communication in four areas. And just who is this Christ was the focus of last Sunday's message. I said that. 35, growing in Christ, once we trusted in our Savior. How do we grow in our relationship with him? Now, this might seem redundant, but for many of you, and including me, I'm going to intervene with my own remark. Have you grown since you became a Christian? Or are you and I stuck? Notice I said you and I, not just you. Are you and I stuck? Oh, I'm saved now. And that's as far as you have established with the Lord. How did you grow? Jesus is called the good shepherd because he leads and follows over those who follow him. I'm going to ask you an intermediate question. Are you following him? And I know this is going to come up. Who are you following, Christian, today? Are you following the ways of the world? Have you slipped back into the world? Or are you endeavoring to fight a good fight? Can I get a witness? I'm going to say this, and I didn't mean to add this to my conversation. Notice the word fight, a good fight. How do you hear the shepherd? Margie said something this morning that really struck my ear. You don't know Margie, you probably do, some of you do. Our sensibility to his voice. Are you listening to that still, small voice? Is he talking to you? I want you to know that the Lord wants to talk to you personally. Not only as a group texts, as some might say. He wants to talk to you one-on-one. -on -one. It's a personal relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let me add something. Say King of Kings. Is he the king of your life? I heard it absolutely. Praise God. I'm going to repeat it again. Is he the king or... I didn't mean to say this is, is drugs, alcohol, promiscuity, and all the others of this world. Now, I'm talking about Christians. Who's king? Who's sitting on the throne? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. Say, know them. Don't you know that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords knows you inside 
out upside down. He knows every hair on your head. He knows your thought. He knows what you're doing right now. Can I get a witness? Why is that, Brother Bruce? I'm getting ahead of myself. I might as well say it. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He knows your heart. He knows what's on your mind. He knows what will get your attention. And for, for some of you, he needs to get your attention. Can I get a witness? He's been trying to get your attention for some time, but you're just not listening. Yesterday's message focused on those four areas. And I need to, and I need to, excuse me, and I need in order to aid us spiritual growth in Christ. Now last meet I made a few voice areas. I'm going to try not to do that today. 36. But before we go into those four areas, let me ask the question, have you really, Brother Bruce, why do you keep going over that? Some of us need to hear, have you really trusted Christ? Among the scriptures, may I just add a few, that but before, notice I said before, this was in the message last week, and I couldn't get over this. Sit down on the screen, just look at me, or look up here. He was pierced. For our transgressions. He was crushed. For our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. I wonder who it fell upon. It fell upon Yeshua. It fell upon Jesus. Don't you know that God the Father took all your sins and placed them on his son? Not some of them, but all of them. You know what? I'm saved forever. And not because of my so-called good works. I'm saved by the finished work of Jesus Christ. And nothing else could save me. God placed all my sins on his son. And he said these memorial words, it is finished. All of us are all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. I'm a good guy. I feed the poor. I do good deeds. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused, get that? Cause the iniquity of us all to fall on his son. Looking for. Do you know Jesus is coming again? Can I get a witness? And he's coming in a physical body. Spiritual yet physical. Look, instructing us to live godly. 
How do you grow? Can I get a witness? Instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires or lusts and live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age. I know it says the. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of the great God. Wait a minute. There's only one God. And I'm not going to try to go into a whole explanation right now. I'm just telling you right now, looking for that blessed hope. Are you looking for Jesus? He's coming back. He's coming back for you. And may I add this, he wants to give you a reward for faithful stewardship. Let me ask you a question before I get to the body of this letter. What have you done since you got saved? Looking for that blessed hope and the appearing. Say appearing. That word appearing comes from a Greek word and I'm not going to try to pronounce it. It means an actual visible appearance. It's not secret. I know I have Christ in my heart. If you have, you have Christ, he's in your heart. But he's coming back physically. And he's called the great God. Who's talking here? Titus. The great God. He called Jesus the great God. And something else. The Savior. Okay. Now that I've got your attention... Let's get into the body of this message. God talks to us. I love it. God will talk to you. He'll talk to you. I didn't say it in an audible voice. I'm not trying to say, and I'm not trying to say he won't talk to you. But I know he'll talk to you in his own way. Can I get a witness? He'll talk to you. Think about it. The God of the universe, Jesus Christ, and God the Father, and the Holy Spirit will talk to you. Personally, if you let him. God talks to us. We talk to God. We talk with our new family. Who's your new family? The body of Christ, Christians, those who are right here. We talk with others about Christ. That's our topic. I'm going to say it again. God talks to us. We talk to God. You know you can talk to God? And I like this. He wants to hear from you. We talk with our new family. You ever talk to anybody in here? Instead of saying, well, the service is over. I'm going home. We talk with others about God. Have you ever talked to anybody about Jesus? Or are you deaf mute? Can I get a witness? Amen. 39. Let's start with by talking about number one, God talks to us. God talks to us as we read the scriptures. He speaks to us through his own words and self-revelation. Can I get a witness? He'll speak to you through his word. But if you don't get into his word, how do you expect him to speak to you? You've got to get into the Word. It's a must. It's not a maybe so tonight, no, next week, no. All Scripture is inspired by God. I'm going to 
reply upon that. It's inspired. Say inspired. I wonder what inspired means. And profitable for teaching, reproof, correction. There is none of us, I don't care how scholarly you may be, how learned you may be, we all need some correction. Can I get a witness? Don't think you're so high and mighty that you can't be corrected. For training. Have you ever seen a football player go, go, go out the first day and he's ready? You need, I need to be trained. Training in what? Righteousness. How's this going with you and me? Second Timothy. Be diligent to present yourself. <clears throat> don't, don't mind the screen. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman. Say workman. It's work to be a Christian. It's not easy. Can I get an amen? It's not, it's not difficult. I'm not saying it right. It is difficult to be a Christian and stay on board. But you can't stay on board if you don't get into the word. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of God. Here's another version. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman, there's a work, there it is, workman, that does not need to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay, Cindy, just go to the next one and see what you have. <clears throat> I think you better just turn that off. How's it going with you? We neglected the reading and studying of God's Word. We got time for everything. But God's Word, well, that's just a no-no. Let me start over again. We neglected the reading and studying of God's Word. Well, we've got time to everything. Basketball, football, you name it. you got time. But when it comes to the Word of God, well, that's just a no-no. Here's another no-no. And I hope I'm not talking to anyone in here. I'm not picking on you. I hope you're not among that crowd that comes just in time at the church door and ready to fill up your bags with groceries. But you don't have no time for God. Can, can I just be real? But to hear the word of God, to fellowship and worship the one true God, well, that's just don't, that just won't happen. You don't have no time for God. You're robbing yourself blind. Can I get a witness? Don't you know you're robbing yourself when you don't come and hear the word of God? And I have up here, what a tragedy. Or maybe you come just in time for lunch. Missed the whole service, but you're just in time for lunch. Don't you know... 
Don't you know you're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ and ask. He's going to ask you one of those questions. I don't know how he's going to ask it. Why couldn't you come to church? Why couldn't you feed on the word? Why couldn't you relish and hear the word of God? And that goes for Christians too. Can I get a witness? And I'm going to say this again. You know, you can like it or not. You come just in time for breakfast and you leave. You come just in time for lunch and you leave. But you don't have no time to worship. Can I get a witness? When Jesus visited Mary and Martha's home, Martha was busy and distracted by all the preparations. Let me slow down. When Jesus visited Mary and Martha's home, Martha was busy working and distracting by all the preparations. Her sister Mary chose to sit and listen to Jesus teach, gaining wisdom and peace that would never be taken away. When Martha asked Jesus to encourage Martha to help her, he responded, you're worried and upset about many things, but one thing you're lacking or need one thing. He was talking about himself, his teaching. I hope this doesn't apply to you, but I'm going to read the same thing again and see if you and I fit in it. When Jesus visited Mary and Martha's home, Martha was busy working. Say busy. It's like the man, I, had a, I don't have it with me, it's like the man at the edge of a towering building. He jumps off and he says, I'm okay now. Is that you or me? You're okay right now, but you're not okay. When Jesus gets you to the end of yourself, feeling you're so uppity or so sufficient or so high-minded or wherever you're at, he'll get your attention. Can I get a witness? This day, some of you right in this room, God is getting your attention. When Jesus visited Mary and Martha's home, Martha was busy working and distracted by all the preparations. Luke 1040. You can look it up. Since Mary chose, it's a choice you make. You chose it. Let me say this. Be careful how you choose your friends. Can I get a witness? You better get some, you better get some people who are going to uplift you and not be so negative. Let me go on. 
God desires our attention. God desires our attention. Like Martha, we often distract and, and tested by many things. We neglect God's presence, even though he alone can provide the wisdom and hope we need. When we make special time, spending time with him through prayer and meditating on the scriptures, make it a priority. He'll give us the guidance and strength we need to address the challenges we face. If you can get number 43, get it. Still on number one, God talks to us. All scriptures inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, training in righteousness. This is very important. I hope you're listening. It's given by inspiration. Say inspiration. Very important word. All this expressed in the original by one word, theopneustus. Where did you get that from? Most of you are familiar with Strong's Concordance and other Concordance. The word inspiration, number 45, if you can get it. Inspiration comes from a Greek word which means theopneusis. I didn't say it the right word. Theopneustos. This word occurs nowhere else in the New Testament. It probably means God breathed, to breathe out. The idea of breathing upon, of breathing into the soul, is that which the word naturally conveys. Thus God breathed into the nostrils of Adam the breath of life, Genesis 2, 7. And thus the Savior breathed into to the, on his disciples. Receive you, this is what he said, receive you the Holy Spirit. The idea seems to have been that the life was in the breath and that an intelligent spirit was communicated with the breath. I want you to realize something, and I'm not out of place in saying this because it's scriptural. When God saved your soul, he breathed into your soul a new birth. He breathed into yourself the breath of life. He saved you totally. And Nicodemus put it this way. Nicodemus, you're religious. You give your tithe and you do all these things. But Nicodemus and your cohorts, because that's what the scriptures imply. Nicodemus, you must be born again. You can tie yourself to death. You can pray as much as you want. You can do all these religious sacraments, but you must be born again. And if you're not born again, you're wasting your time. Why is that, Brother Bruce? Well, I'll tell you why. The scriptures, the scriptures tell me why. We're dead this is some rough teaching here. We're dead in trespasses and sin until we come to Christ. You're absolutely dead. You're a walking dead man. Page 46, if you can get it. If you can't, it's okay. God directed the men who wrote it and what to write. He breathed on them. And how to write it, 
that as a rule of faith and practice for men, and it might be perfect. For doctrine, the communication of instruction, for reproof, to show men their sins. Before I got saved, before you got saved, many of you will testify, you didn't realize that you were such a great sinner. Can I get a witness? You know who revealed it to you? Say who? The Holy Spirit. He revealed to you that you're on your way. A sister and I were talking about, I'm not going to get into a full discourse. We were getting into a, a discourse about heaven and hell. And one of the things that she mentioned was hell, hell being Hades and Gehenna. I'm going to add this and then I'm going to go on. Don't you know that if you leave here without Christ, you're going to be, I don't want to say it, so I won't, separated from God forever. And the other half is this. I have a desire to be with Christ, which is far, the Greek has it, far, far better. If you're a Christian, the moment you leave this place, and this is not in the script, to be absent from this depraved body, that's right, it's disintegrating. To be absent from this body is to be present with Jesus Christ. And that word with has the idea of communicating with him. You're not just there. You have an awesome, awesome communication with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Choose you this day whom you will serve. I'm going to ask you again. This is not in the notes. Who? Christian, I'm talking to you. Who are you serving? Are you serving yourself and the world? Or are you on the battlefield for our Lord? And I'm going to tell you again, you're going to experience some resistance. Can I get a witness? Not everything is hunky-dory when you talk about Jesus to the world. So you might as well get ready to face it. Inspiration of God, God breathes, 47. Never let us forget this. The whole of the Bible is inspired and is to be devout received as the infallible truth of God. I don't believe this. This is just a book. I hope you don't believe that. Get away from this book. And we have nothing left to offer you. Whatever we do, let us never give up the Bible. Those who would weaken the Bible as our reference, that's one of your worst enemies. Can I get a witness? You want, that's right. The Bible says you're either for me, what's the other heart? Or you're against me. Where you at? And that goes for me and everybody else.
Okay, let's go into number two. We talk to God in prayer. As we receive understanding from him, I'm going to say this again. Don't you know that God wants to share his infinitive wisdom? I know. His infinitive wisdom with you? Infinitive. As we receive understanding from him, we respond to him with the affections and needs of our soul. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be not taken away from you. I didn't say that correctly. Let me get it. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done to you. What is that? Why will he give you? You know why? Because you're abiding in him. And abiding in him means... You have the mind of Christ. And when you ask, it's going to be according to what he wants for your life. John 15, 7. If you abide in me. There's a condition. Well, God, I want a new car. How about a new house? If it's in the will of God, you'll get it. Can I get a witness? If it's not, he knows what's best for you. He knows that if you get a new car, new house, or whatever it may be, you won't serve him anymore. Can I get a witness? Whoever rests in Christ's doctrine abides in him and therefore brings forth good fruit. Say good fruit. I'm going to ask you, and I don't want you to tell me. Keep it to yourself. Well, you can say it. Are you and I, notice I put I in there, or me, are we producing good fruit? The world is falling apart. Whoever rests in Christ's doctrine abides in him and therefore brings forth good fruit and the Father will not deny you as his child. We talk to God. This is number two. An astounding command. Where'd you get this from? Another scholar. This astounding command and promise is not without conditions. Let me say this to make it plain for you. You and I can't come to God and ask him to... Ask, ask, I didn't say it right, and to just give us what we want. If you're not doing according to his will, it's a condition. Who'd you get that from? This astounding command and promise is not without conditions and limitation. It involves such intimate union and harmony with Christ that nothing will be asked out of accord with the mind of God. And so, with the Father, Christ's name is mentioned in the following scriptures. Let me say this again so you get it. And I said I was going to get where you came, where I got it from. Word pictures of the New Testament. That's where I got it. This astounding command and promise is not without conditions and limitations. You cannot come to God and ask him for all these things and you're totally out of the will of God. 
It involves such intimate union. You love your wife, there's it, if you really love your wife, there's an intimate union between you and she. Can I get a witness? Intimate. And harmony with Christ, that nothing will be asked out of accord with the mind of Christ. Where did you find the mind of Christ? I'm not going to turn to it. Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Well, I said I wasn't going to give any, but here's one. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me, this is Jesus talking. You, you can't talk to Jesus. Well, the Bible says you can. I can talk to the King of Kings and the Lord. Don't you know he will hear my voice? Matter of fact, the psalmist says, the psalmist says, according to the scriptures, he bends his ear to hear you. Can I get a witness? Imagine a Savior that will bend his ear for you to hear him. Like someone who used to come here, used to say, I don't know where he's at now. He's not here today. He said, imagine that. Just imagine that. The God without any beginning and end. The Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. The person who was, he said, I was dead, but I live forevermore. He said, I hear you. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Power in prayer. Prayer, power in prayer depends upon union with Christ and obedience to his will. I'm going to say it again. I don't know why I'm saying it again, really. You and I, I'm going to put my name in there because it belongs there. You and I cannot live in perpetual sin and think God is going to answer your prayer. Can I get a witness? He's not going to answer it. He knows what it will do for you. I'm going to skip over this one. Number three. We talk with our new family. We connect with others who share our faith in Christ. We experience mutual encouragement and motivation to love as we ourselves have been loved. As we ourselves have been loved. This is not a trite verse. What I mean trite is you, well, you, you've probably known it since you were a child. But I'm going, I want you to put your name in there. For God so loved, not just loved, so loved the world. Put your name in there. For God so loved Brother Bob. For God so loved Jared. For God so loved Mike. For God so loved Susan, for God so loved Cousin Kitty, for God so loved Lily and others that he gave. And the Greek word for gave, they gave. 
the word dosis. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but it means gave freely. You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. He gave his son. As we connect with others who share our faith in Christ, say faith. That's what's wrong with some of you and me. You didn't put your faith in the finished work of Jesus yet. You still think you can, I know I said it before, maybe it needs to be said before. You think you're a pretty good guy or a pretty good girl, but you're lost. You have yet to place your faith in the finished work of Jesus. Let me say it again. I'll say it again in my last message. Jesus paid it all. And there's not one thing. I don't know why I'm, I took two or three tablets. It's okay to get carried away with the Son of God. You get carried away with other things, don't you? Why can't we get carried away with Jesus? Why is it, why are we so mute? You can't say anything about him. But you can talk about the football game. You can talk about the basketball game. You can talk about whoever. But you can't talk about Jesus. May I say this? What a pity. As we connect with others who share our faith in Christ, we experience mutual communication. I'm going to tell you what happened this morning in the control booth. Like I told you, I couldn't find, we couldn't find my flash drive. Looked all over for it. But a, a word of encouragement for, for, from someone sitting in the booth right now said, gave me a, said, Brother Bruce, don't panic. Don't lose your cool. She didn't say exactly like that, but she said something similar. She said, go in and preach the word of God. Can I get a witness? When you don't know what to say, there's somebody around you that can help you if you're in the mix. Can I get a witness? Someone who wants to give you a word of encouragement. Oh, you fell this last night. Whether spiritual or otherwise, let me help you get up. As we connect with others who share our faith in Christ, we, we experience mutual encouragement and motivation. Don't you let some Christian, that's right, Christians, get you down. Keep on keeping on. Don't turn around. Well, I had enough of that person. Maybe you have. And I'm not denying there are some Christians who really on the road to discouragement. Can I get a witness? They really would like to turn you around or have you turning in the opposite direction. Or they want to talk about you. My mom's dead now. But I remember her saying, I know you're talking about me. But I'm going to talk about you on my knees. I know you're talking about if you please, but I'm going to talk about you 
on my knees. And let us consider how to stimulate one another in love and good deeds. Well, I thought you said good deeds don't, don't help you become a Christian. They don't. But after you become a Christian, they're one of the signs that you are a Christian. Not forsaking of ourselves together as the habit of many have done, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I'm going to say it again. He's coming back. <laughs> Don't you, and I said it before, I probably wear your ear out saying it. Don't you want to hear, well done. Let us diligently and intentively consider each other's trials. If you're a Christian, you're going to experience some trials. Can I get a witness? If it's God's will, you will. If you want to be just another mediocre Christian, don't worry about it. But the moment you step up to the plate, you're going to experience resistance, weaknesses, Feel for each other and excite each other to increase love. And man, as the proof of it, to be fruitful in good works. I'm go I don't know who I'm talking to. Good works. Say good works. Can I say it again? I don't know who you are, so I'm not picking on you. Step up to the plate. God wants to use you. And not only use you, he wants to give you a reward. Mutual encouragement, motivation. As we connect with other Christians who share our faith in Christ, we experience mutual encouragement, motivation. Watching that clock. Referring to who he was talking to, the Hebrews. No, I don't know who wrote Hebrews. There's speculation who wrote Hebrews. But I'm not on that. I'm on getting on what has been said about it. That in the apostles' mind, there were Christian assemblies in which Christians did not meet together, in which Christians did meet together to worship and serve God and to edify and comfort one another. And in times of peace and liberty, they had convenient places to erect and separate from that for their own use. The light of nature, as well as Scripture, dictates that God is to be worshipped. Here he goes again. Dictates that God is to be worshipped. If you're not worshipping God, Christians, yes, I'm talking to us. Who are you worshipping? I'm going to say it again. Is it alcohol, drugs, money? There's nothing wrong with money. I'm not saying that. And other things. Who is in control of your life? God is to be worshipped. Here he goes. Every knee is going to bow. Of things in heaven and things in earth and things underneath the earth. And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus. I'm going to give you a J version. 
that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord or Yahweh. Jesus is Lord. Let me ask you a question. Is he your Lord? The public worship pleases him. Don't you know the public worship, just being in this place, pleases God? And that this is the amazing thing. He accepts it. He accepts your worship. I'm going to add this in there. The God of the universe, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, accepts you and me, our worship. Jesus desires for us to be representatives right here on earth. One of the best ways to do this is to show honor and concern for them. If they see your changed life, say changed life. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. And we're genuinely interested in them. They more than likely might be curious about what they see in you. No two believers have identical relationship with the Lord, the Savior. But a genuine believer will have a desire to live to and listen to God, to respond to him, to have fellowship with others, and to witness to those who don't know Christ. As you begin your journey, say journey, whether, you're, whether you begun your journey or not, you are on a journey. Or put it this way, maybe you stepped out of the journey and God is calling you back. Say my sheep. Some of you know this, and I'm not making this up. My sheep hear my voice, and they listen to me. Don't you know that in, in the times of Christ and other times, if the sheep strayed away, the owner would break his legs so he couldn't run away again. Let me ask you a solemn question. Are you and I at the point where God has to break your legs, not literally, but in some way, to get your attention? How about it? Can I get an amen? amen. You are so valuable to him that he'll break your legs to get you back where you should be. And thank God for that, that he didn't say, you lost your salvation. He's going to break your legs to get you back where you should be. Thank God for such a great salvation. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep. Jesus said it. I didn't say it. He said it. And he said to them, who said it to them? Follow them. Follow me. Follow me. Don't follow Brother Bruce. Don't follow Pastor Jack, don't follow any person. Follow me. I'm going to put another person in there. And his teaching is dynamic. And I know he's going on to glory. Dr. Charles Stanley Amen. went on to glory. Amen. But he never said, follow me. He said, follow the Lord. And this just came to me just now. Are you following alcohol? Are you following drugs? 
Are you following the ways of the world? Who are you following? Jesus said, follow me. And I will make you, not somebody else, I will make you fishers of men. Say change life. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. And all things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ, reconciled the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. What reconciliation means? It means this. I don't know who you are. Right now, I don't care. I just want to preach what the Word of God says. You and I were dead in trespasses and sins and on our way to what we know is the lake of fire. And before we got there, God scooped you up, if I can put it that way. And he placed you into the family of God. And you're his forever. And what my brother just said, thank you, Lord, could be repeated by you and I billions and billions of times. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. I was lost and I'm now saved. We talk to others about Christ, running to Jesus. On our trip to Paris, Ben and his friends found themselves at a one famous museum. Let me start over so I make sure that I say it correctly. On a trip to Paris, Benny and his friends found themselves at one of the famous museums in the city. Though Ben wasn't a student of art, he was in awe as he looked upon the painting titled The Disciples Peter and John running to the sepulcher on the morning of the resurrection. Say resurrection. This is not part of this. He is risen. You don't serve a dead Jesus. You serve a risen Christ. Without words, the looks on their faces of Peter and John and the position of their hands. He's not here. And spoke volumes, inviting others to look on the shoes and share the adrenaline rush. Peter and John were so appalled that there was an empty tomb. They went out and shared the good news kind of get a witness. It might not be the risen tomb that you talk about right away. It might be something else. But whatever God equips you to say, say it. And leave the consequences to him. I only got a few more to go. That's the same one. 
maybe you'll say this. For even the Son of Man did not come to be saved. Jesus didn't need a Savior. He was the Savior. But to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Let me say it again. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Romans 5, 6-8. For while we were yet sinners, for while we were yet helpless, say helpless. You know what? I'm just going to say, God got to get some of you to the place where you're absolutely helpless. And then he can talk to you. Can I get a witness? He got to get you down in the dumps where you stop thinking about who you are and how valuable you are. For while we were yet sinners at the right time, right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man someone might dare to even die. Here's, here's the verse, verse 8. This is in Romans, in case you want to look it up. Chapter 5. But God demonstrates his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you. Romans chapter 5. Here's another suggestion. We know love by this that he laid down his life for you. And we ought to be able to lay down our life for our brothers. Here's another one. I was crucified. Wrong, Brother Bruce. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer that I live, but Christ lives in me. Ask yourself this solemn question. Does Christ, in the person of God, the Holy Spirit, live in you? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer that I live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, right now, Paul's talking. I live in the place, I live by the faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Two to go. As an adopted grand lady, wrong. As an adopted grand knee, lay in her hospital bed after suffering several strokes. The doctors were unsure whether the amount of brain damage she had endured. They they needed to they needed to wait until she was a bit stronger to test her brain. She spoke very few words, and fewer were understandable. But when the 87-year-old woman who had babysat her for so long said, Is Kayla all right? The first words she found to spoke were about the child. Why'd you bring that in there, Brother Bruce? When you get saved, there is rejoicing among the angels. I didn't say the angels rejoice like it's said so often. I said the angels rejoice when you get saved. You know why? I can assume this. 
Is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Are you sure where you're going to spend eternity? Are you assembling with God's people? Are you sharing the good news? Have you been born again? Lord, I try to hem up, whatever the word is, the things that we couldn't find this morning. The four areas of the Christian growth. I must ask the listeners and myself, how you doing? Only you know the true answer. In the name, above every name, I don't care what name you and I have, there's a name above every name. His name is the one who gives us the desire for Christian growth and enables us to be born again and live the Christian life. May he be able to say each to each one of us, well done. You're good. Long words, thy good and faithful servant. It's in his name that will be convicted to live for Jesus. Paul said it this way, the life which I now live right now, I live by the faith of the Son of God. In the name above all names, in Yeshua's name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. I'm done.